Yes, people. <laughs> it is time for a new Echoes from the Void. And as we do, we're going to take a look at uh, a few news pieces from the week, right? And we then take a look at an Apple TV series, a new Apple TV series, and uh, a Prime series. Well, it was Peacock, but it aired on Prime internationally. So we're going to do all of that. So it's time to buckle up because we're getting this popping, baby. Let's go. Right, people, people, people. I'm all about, I think, free, peaceful protests. There's nothing wrong with that, right? And, you know, I think campaigning for climate change, there's some definite issues and things that need to be done to, you know, help the climate. There's a lot of lies people are talking about, right? You know what I mean? It's like the planet is on a cycle of heating. You know, it's just what happens, right? We've seen, you know, in the past, the Sahara used to be a rainforest. Now it's a Sahara. You know, we've seen other places where there's the reversal of that. You know what I mean? It, it, it's just one of those things that happens. Ice melting, you know, <laughs> that's just part of it. Now, Pollution, we can definitely cut down on pollution and shit like that, for sure. But we're seeing a rise in protests where these campaigners are just doing stupid shit. Stupid shit, right? Which I do not feel it benefits their cause. And... In the UK, there's this Extinction Rebellion group, right? And their co-founder has just been found guilty for some of the craziest shit, right? So this is stemming from uh, a protest that happened in 2019. And the one that happened in October, right? It was their second big protest of the year happened in October, and they went to the Department of Transport's headquarters. Now, this uh, bright spark, <laughs> Gail Bradbrook, you know, the co-founder of this group, climbed onto this uh, entrance, glass entrance kind of bit, and smashed the glass there, right? Now, this was a reinforced glass. So she knew she was doing it. She brought with her tools to smash this glass, right? And she, so she's been in court over that because they had to replace this glass and it cost 27,000 500 pounds. That's a lot of fucking money. Also, right, the big thing with this, if you are fighting 
and going, you know, climate change, we need to stop doing certain things. The production of glass, right, the energy used to produce glass, surely, and reinforce glass, you would think, yeah, we don't want to, to do loads of that. That could be bad. <laughs> you mean like the, the, the things they do make no sense, right? So she broke this glass. So she was in court and it, it's just what she wanted to use as her defense because this little brain box, Bradbrook, didn't, didn't get a lawyer wanted to represent herself, which, oh man, like the odd few people have pulled it off, but it's never a good thing to do, you know, for the most part, right? It, it signals a level of delusion when uh, certain people do this shit. So yeah, she, she was um, <laughs> doing this. And she uh, made some insane claims, right? So firstly, she was saying that she couldn't be found guilty because it was her right under the Freedom of Expression Act that she was allowed to um, break the glass because she was preventing greater crimes against the climate, right? That was one of her arguments, <laughs> which is just, oh, my days, right? <laughs> she, um, oh, what was the other thing she said? It, it was just like, oh, my, oh, my God. It was um, crazy. Right, she said that, um, oh, good, what was it? That the um, the staff, if they knew the reasons why she wanted to break the glass, would have would have let her. If they had let her tell them her reasonings, which you're just like, what? You know? <sighs> It, it it's uh, this this crazy belief that you can just get away with anything. Right? You know, one point she said she her defense is that she's a mother, <laughs> and she wants to leave the planet to her kids. Which again, that's that's not a defense, huh? Like, what are you? What are you doing? You know, she was a, a scientist. So you'd think she'd have rational thinking. But she she does not <laughs> have rational thinking. It's, uh, yeah, she's very delusional, which is, um, I feel it's worrying. You know, for this organization, right? You, you're you're this organization that is supposedly looking to do all of this stuff, and you've got this moron as your leader. Now the thing is, right? She could face 
a minimum of 18 months in jail. But I kind of feel anyone with this level of delusion, they might need mental help. You know what I mean? I don't know if jail is really going to do anything. You know what I mean? It, it kind of seems that, yeah, she needs to speak to someone and get her mind fixed because, you know, breaking the glass is, is, is you're not helping the climate, kid. You know what I mean? Like, you're not helping the climate. You're, in fact, causing more issues because more glass needs to be fucking produced, dum-dum. Okay, so a case into the RAF's Red Arrows unit is currently being looked at, right? Currently in court being looked at. Now, this shit started, this inquiry started in 2021. It's taken all of this time, right? But, you know what I mean? These issues were raised as early, if not possibly earlier than 2017. So it, it's just, it's kind of baffling how it's taken, you know, so long. Like, you get, you always get the excuse of, you know, the pandemic that held things, like, oh, it was COVID's fault. You're like, okay. All right. So we will let, you know, rape and shit continue just because, you know, we've got to wear a mask, supposedly. Yeah. Makes no sense, man. Makes no sense, right? The chief of air staff, Sir Richard Knightley, said he was appalled by the findings and unreservedly apologized for the things that came up, which I'm sorry, that's so fucking weak, right? It's so fucking weak, like, some of the shit that has come out on this is insane, right, so, like, you've got people in the RAF that are saying that because the Red Arrows are high profile, right, they perform events, not just all over the UK, but the world, right, they're hanging out with all levels of celebrities, you know, royal families, you know, billionaires, just musicians, athletes, all of them peoples, right? So they think because of this, people look at them as being kind of untouchable, right? That they're too special to do anything to, which is, again, a major cop-out. Right, we've seen that excuse used so many times, right? It's why people like Tim Westwood, Jimmy Savile, Rolf Harris, I mean, name the fucking predator, you know what I mean? It's an excuse they have all the time, Cosby, right? 
all of these fucking assholes, right? It's like, oh, they're famous. So they you, you, we give them a special treatment and shit. It's it's just it's just crazy. It is uh, you know just insane the behavior that is is there, right? It's saying it's a culture, right? And you know, there's unwanted physical contact, you know, message of sexual nature, stuff like that. But right <laughs> now they they're also saying because there's a level right they say a high propensity of extramarital relationships between serving personnel people have low opinions of the women it is serving right which you understand Two people need to cheat, right? It's not just one. And, you know, it's not just, oh, only the women are married, right? So it's just like, you're all messy. You're all messy. But just because one person is looking to, let's say, cheat on her husband. Let's just say that. It doesn't mean, right, that Sally wants to cheat on hers, right, or, or whoever, whoever. It doesn't mean that. Like, the, the, it's not a defense, right? Oh, just because that person is doing stuff, that means that person will do it too. Like, what are we doing here, right? What are we doing here? This is just crazy. And women have complained about this. Complained about it just numerous times. And it's been covered up. Right? It, it, it's been covered up. Which you're just like, what's happening? You know what I mean? What the fuck is happening? There is... Um, other things, right, so in, oh god, when was it again, it was in the end of 2021 that the Ministry of Defence supposedly overhauled their rules for investigating sexual offences within the armed forces because there had just been countless allegations of rape and sexual abuse, right, and the thing being with this is, right, so some of these, they passed over to an independent public inquiry. Because a problem is, if your boss is doing the raping, how can you make a complaint, a complaint to your boss, right? It, it doesn't work. But... So they they they've moved some things across, but not rape. Rape is still held within the army investigative remit, which is, you know, it's a problem. The government didn't step in, right? Which is just like, okay, do, are you trying to solve this shit? 
or just you know pay lip service right pretend you're doing stuff there's anyone that comes out i feel right this is my opinion anyone that comes out it's like oh i'm shocked about what is happening you're you're a liar right because there were you know there's been claims before 2021 right but loads of investigations about predatory behavior in the armed forces now it might not be your department right but if all of these things come out like these stories come out the these things about covering up evidence and all of that if that comes up in another department wouldn't you think you know what I, I believe we're good, but let's just take a look, right? Let's just take a look to ensure nothing like that is over here. It makes sense that you would check every single thing, every single thing. So coming out and being like, oh, I can't believe this was happening. I am shocked. Nah, son, that doesn't wash. It doesn't wash. Then we find out that the, you know, head of uh, like the SAS, right, who then became the um, defense secretary, <laughs> was hiding evidence about um, unlawful executions of Afghani, you know, residents, right? So evidence was handed to him in 2011. Instead of reporting this, my man hides the evidence. He locks it away. Locks it away. Now, it's not hearsay, right? There, there is proof that this dude did this shit. And the thing that always baffles me, how the fuck do these people avoid jail? How do they avoid jail? You know, all manner of charges. Like, what, what, what is actually happening? You know, people want to talk about changes that need to be made. You know, why do why are people not joining the armed forces, right? Why are people, you know, looking at this as being problematic? Because you you never clear house, right? You you never do the things you're meant to do. You know, people get proven to be liars proven to be sexual predators, proven to be withholding evidence. And those people do not get in trouble. Or they put one person, you know, on the dock. When this kind of shit, it's not just one person, right? It's not just one person. It takes a number of people 
to be able to do a lot of these things. Yeah. And it usually shows that senior management is rotten. It is you only can do a lot of this shit if you know your boss ain't gonna do shit to you. Right? So you know your boss has the same opinion as you. You know your boss is as dirty as you. It's one of those. But we never see sweeping, actual sweeping changes. They talk about making sweeping changes, but we never, ever see it. it. It's a lot of people looking after each other, looking after each other. So I want to know, is the RAF, is the MOD, are they actually for once going to do something? Are they going to do something of no, right? Are they going to put all of these pieces of shit on trial? I have a feeling they won't, but let's see. Okay, so back in, um, at the tail end of 2022, right, Netflix dropped a documentary. It was um, The Volcano, Rescue from Wahari. Wakari, right? It was a um, a New Zealand volcano, um, and it was just poof, right. It was crazy, right? The the thing went off. I think it was at Christmas time. It was in December in 2019, and right this this volcano had been rumbling. Right, it'd been rumbling. But there was an uptake in activity. But for whatever reason, the tours were still going to the island. Right? Which that does baffle that does baffle me, right? Firstly, going to an active volcano, right? The, there's the dormant volcanoes, right? I mean. I can kind of see, like, if you know this thing has not done anything in, you know, decades, centuries, and there's no sign of it doing anything, yeah, maybe go have a look, right? But when it's an active volcano, an active volcano, where you can go to the meteorologist department and they, you know, they have readings, right? They have readings of what's going on, right? I ain't going there. Like I ain't going there, right? There's a documentary on Disney that I really want to watch about a couple who, you know, did shit with volcanoes, and I think eventually they got wiped out by one. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of baffled. It intrigues me. The people that want to do this shit, right? Why? Why? But if you know a volcano could erupt and the likelihood has risen, it has risen, why would you do tours, right? Why would you do tours? So 
all of these fucking idiots that have been like were involved in this have been in court of late. And the last was the Wakari Management Limited, you know, who, right? So this is kind of crazy. It's run by three brothers, right? Three brothers, James, Andrew, and Peter Buttle. And supposedly they inherited the volcano, right? So they were inherit. They inherited a fucking island. What? How rich are these fucking dudes? You know. So they inherited this island and they licensed it to companies to run these tours and everything like that. But if you own it it does mean that you're, you know, responsible to maintain it, right? Or hire a company to maintain it, right? To um, make sure safety checks are being done. And also, if you know there's an increase in activity, you should be contacting everyone and going, we're locking this down right? Or you have clear protocol, right? You know, an automated thing that goes, you know, whatever, something that stops fucking tours, right? Or now, if the tours continue, but you have, you know, gone and told everyone, then then you're kind of covered, right? You've done what you can do, because it's an island, so if you've got a boat, you can get there, essentially, you know? But if you've told everyone, do not go, nah, island's off limits, you've, you've done what you can do, but they didn't do shit, <laughs> right? They didn't do shit, you know what I mean? Which is crazy. Like, their lawyer was just like, oh, they're only the landlords, which just, oh, man. Not a good look, not a good look, right? 22 people died on that island. You know, families got wiped out. It That documentary is not, whew, it's not a good watch. It's kind of sad, right? It's not the best made documentary, but yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's horrific what went down, you know? Um, but yeah, I, 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 man, I'm, I'm, it's good that these people finally had the book for, well, hmm, I don't know if the book got thrown out, they got fined, right, they've been fined, what, 1.5 million New Zealand dollars, which equates to 724,000 pounds. I mean, it's a lot, but it's not, it's not really a lot, right? Some of these people have got just burns all over their body, burns all over their body. I think someone lost limbs. It's just like, you can't get back what went down. You know, like, there's a boy that lost, I think, his sister and his parents, 
it's it's just fucked so many people up. Now, I do kind of feel that the people going also have culpability. Like, if you're going to a volcano, you, you should do your due diligence, right? I would be, as again, I'm checking. I'm like, is this an active volcano? <laughs> Like, when was it last uh, rumbling? You know what I mean? There's questions you should ask before doing this shit. You know, but, um, yeah. Even though the people, hmm, but you still should be safe. <laughs> like, you should still kind of be safe to some regards, right? As safe as you can be going to a dangerous fucking place. So, yeah, it's, um, I don't know. It'd be curious to see what else happens, right? Because supposedly they just weren't monitoring the island and they hadn't been monitoring the island for a long time, you know, for a long time. So now no tourism has started up again back there. But you feel, yeah, like, all of this kind of thing should get looked at, right? All of it should get looked at. You know, like, maybe stop <laughs> stop tours to islands. You know, just don't do it. It's, it's just ridiculous, you know? But, uh, yeah, they've been fined, no jail. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Just people don't go to fucking volcanoes that are rumbling, right? That are active. Think before you volcano. Okay, so the Scottish um health minister. The Scottish Health Minister, well, Health Secretary, right, Michael Matheson, is a dirty liar. He's a shameful, dirty liar. It's insane, right? So he went to Morocco with his family at the end of 2022, right, for a holiday. They were there for Christmas. And while there, he racked up a ridiculous bill on his iPad. You know, it, it was like £11,000. And it was like data roaming charges. Now, we've had all manner of excuses from him regarding this. And... They're lies, right? It's, firstly, he's like, he was doing constituency work, right? That's why he's got the iPad. He's doing constituency work. And, um, you know, he brought it with him, which I'm just like, wait, you're on holiday. Surely someone else covers that firstly, right? Surely someone covers. But here's the thing. And everyone must do understand this when you go on holiday 
you look into, okay, how much is it going to cost to use my phone? Right. How much does it cost to use the Internet if I'm in blah, blah country? Right. What what are the roaming charges? What is it like? You know, because you look into it, it's like with your bank card. Oh, does it cost money to take money out? Like, what's the best thing to do? All of these things you look into. He's a grown man. Right. He's not a kid. So to say he didn't know about roaming charges and all of this. That's not true. Right. That's not true. And him trying to make these claims of this, he's now said he will pay the charge. He'll pay the charge because it's the right thing to do. He was all of this came out in January. You know what I mean? Like the, the IT department of parliament contacted in January about this bill. So if it was the right thing to do, and you're a righteous person, why didn't you pay it then? You know what I mean? The, the year's nearly up. <laughs> Right? It's been, it's November, it's been 11 months. What, how long does it take to pay a bill? Like, why didn't you pay it then? Like, that's insane. It's insane. And all the different things, because now, well, firstly, right, <laughs> this one's in, this one's crazy. So the first minister in uh, in Scotland, Hamza Yousaf was just like, oh, it's a legitimate expense. He doesn't have to pay it back. What? What do, what do you mean? It's a legitimate expense. How is £11,000 a legitimate expense? for data, that's not, no, that's not, <laughs> like, that's insane, that's what that is, he then, at one point, said he would pay back 300 pounds of the money, but here's, here's the thing, from his budget, so not from his pocket, from his budget, <laughs> so all of this talk about, oh, I'm going to pay it back because it's the right thing. You, you're only paying it back because it's now out to the public. That's the only reason home is paying it back. And you have all these other people calling for his resignation, which, yeah, yeah look, <laughs> anyone else who did this kind of thing, you'd be out, right? It, it's crazy how politicians get away with so many shysty things. Well, it's, it's not though, is it? <laughs> it's, it's not shocking. It, like you just think, oh, oh, right? Surely they're just going to walk away from that. You know, like all the parties over COVID, no one has actually seen jail. You know, 
even though business people were fined, were put in jail, politicians, they're just getting away with all manner of things, right? That's what these crooked sons of bitches do. So, yeah, to so I think I said 300. It was free. He said he'd pay 3,000, but yeah, from his expense account. So he's not paying back shit. So, yeah, he's he's crooked. But here's the, the big thing as well. So now, now it's come out, right? He, he did a, um, a, he had a press conference and he came out and he was just like, <sighs> so the reason the bill was this big was because my kids were watching a football game and used my iPad as a hotspot, right? And he said he he knew about this a few days ago, but didn't say anything because as a parent, his first instinct was to protect his kids, right? That was his first instinct to protect his kids, so he didn't want to say anything, but he, he knows that's wrong. And um, he should have made it clear. And and you see the reports and like, he looked emotional. He, he looked distraught making this step. <sighs> you understand, firstly, let's break this shit down, right? Because firstly, anyone get in front of the camera in parliament, in a large organization, you're coached, right? You you have the comms team will talk to you, right? This is, right, so if people ask you these questions, this should be your response, right? This is the best way to do, right? Wear these colors, do this. Like, you're coached on how to do this shit. It's media training, right? That's what you're given. So if anything like this, I guarantee you're told, I do, I know you're told, <laughs> this is the work I do, motherfuckers, right? You're told, okay, look remorseful, right? Look upset. Oh, if you can cry, perfect. It's all an act. So going, oh, he looked no, it's an act. It's an act. But then it just using your kid, right? Because who, who knows if that's even the truth? He could have been looking at porn, right? Looking for escorts. Who knows, right? What him and his wife might get up to. Who knows, right? Maybe she was involved. Maybe she wasn't. He could just be doing all manner of things on his chase. But we don't actually know. Now, a football game happened for sure. But we don't know if they used his laptop as a hotspot, right? So, But using the kids is a good deflection. Right. And then trying to act like you were all you were trying to protect, trying to protect them from what? No one's going to be going after the kids because it was your iPad. It's your responsibility. You can shut it down from being a hotspot.
you you should look to see about data roaming. All of this is you. But by saying this, it's a form of deflection. It's a form of deflection. It's so dishonest. It is so dishonest. So the thing being, right, if the, because the last health secretary, she had to resign, I believe, because it was during COVID, right? It was, you know, she was telling everyone to stay home, not travel. And then she went and visited her parents or something like that, right? So she had to step down. If you have to step down for that, you definitely have to step down for this. There's, he's just, he's told so many lies, right? He's also lying about the iPad itself because it, the, the whole data roaming situation stems from Parliament moving to a different provider. So his iPad has got an old SIM card in it. Now, there's records of him being told to change the SIM card like a year before in 2021. And it's also noted that at the end of every break of parliament, everyone is told, if you're traveling outside of Europe, A, watch your devices because roaming charges, right? So they're told repeatedly, but he's like, I didn't know. I, did, I didn't know. Which is, again, a lie. So should someone who is a compulsive liar, right, a dirty little liar, should they be the health secretary? Like, what other things are they prepared to lie about, right? So, yeah, I feel that um, old Matheson, you know what I mean? I feel he should go, you know what I mean? Because you have to be consistent about these things. You have to be consistent. And the consistent is he's a dirty liar. He did things against policy. He is, you know, in a position of immense power. And this shows he can't be trusted. So... You know what I mean? It's time to reboot, right? It's time to reboot. Matheson, he out. We're going to end on this one, right? And I was looking to avoid, right, the whole Gaza situation because it's so messy. It's so fucking messy. You know what I mean? And everyone's at full, right? There's no one with clean hands involved. So I was looking to avoid it, but something happened, which is just insane. It's insane. So it's that time of year where large organizations put out these stupid Christmas adverts. Stupid Christmas adverts, right? Supposedly they're always trying to tell a story and it's always, it's just, they're lame. They're lame. I mean, to be fair, I hate Christmas, but I think the adverts are a waste of money. They're stupid. But here's the thing. They're made earlier in the year, 
<laughs> right? You don't just go, oh, it's November, let's make an advert. No, <laughs> these things are made months in advance, right? Months in advance. So they made this advert and they put a post up on Instagram. Now, this post was a fireplace with Christmas hats burning. Yeah, right. And the thing being, not everyone wants to wear stupid Christmas hats, right? You pull a cracker, you get one of these shitty hats. They don't fit properly. It's all, ugh. so they're burning them in the fireplace. You think that's nothing, right? <laughs> these virtue signaling motherfuckers try to come with they were burning the Palestinian flag. Yeah, I know. You're going, hold on. How do Christmas hats equate to the Palestinian flag? Yeah, that's the question everyone should be asking themselves, right? So these hats were gold, silver, and green. And you can clearly see they are hats, right? You can clearly see they are hats, <laughs> which is just, what, what are we doing? Now, the Palestinian flag, right, is black, red, white, and green, right? Black, red, white, and green. The hats, again, red, silver, and green. Flag is red, black, white, and green. The hats are red, silver, and green. So, how, how do you go, that's a Palestinian flag? You, you, it's, it's the most ridiculous claim that, um, you know what I mean, I've ever seen. And I'm just irritated that Marx pulled the advert. Like, why are you pulling the fucking advert, you numb nuts? You know what I mean? This is a perfect opportunity to tell people to stop being fucking ridiculous, right? The, the advert was made earlier in the year. And what's your agenda? Right? What would be your agenda to try and claim that Christmas hats are an indication of a flag? Because there's definitely an agenda there. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if all the posts are from a troll farm right? And if they're not from a troll farm, they're just not from intelligent people. <laughs> you know what I mean? This, hey, I can say that because any, how can anyone with a level of intelligence try and make the connection here? How can you do that? You can't, right? People going, oh, it's distasteful. Ugh, you know, your existence is distasteful. You know what I mean? Any, there's, 
you're trying to instigate a situation and that's that's an issue right now the the thing that is really crazy about this though is that the advertising um oh what do you fucking call these dumb dumb people it's the advertising standards authority that's it the advertising standards authority are like we are monitoring the situation right they said um it's reviewing the complaints to determine whether further action is needed what do you mean like this is something that you just go nah like there's anyone could complain about anything essentially right you can go i don't like the the color of ford's new car i think it's saying this i'm writing a complaint you know like what you're really going to investigate that come on now right that's it's a waste of money it's a waste of time it's a waste of common fucking sense you know like you don't investigate it you don't look into it because it's nothing like surely you just look at the picture and go they're christmas hats this is nothing this is stupid <laughs> right we're, we're gonna throw this away <sighs> we are definitely in crazy times you know i'm hoping that 2024 brings in a new climate of common fucking sense right that's what i'm hoping for people because it's clear there's a lot of people that ain't got no motherfucking sense between their motherfucking ears you know but boy what can we do well what we can do is move on right that's the end of the news. Let's go and look at some new TV shit, right? Hmm. Okay, so first show we're going to look at is the new Apple TV series, Monarch Legacy of Monsters right so it's a 10 episode series but the first two episodes drop friday the 17th so we're gonna take a look at those people give you our view so let's get into those monsters well 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 people so monarch um legacy of uh Oh, God, what is it? Jesus Christ. Legacy of Monsters, yes, is hitting Apple TV on the 17th of November, right? It's a 10-episode series, but the, the first two episodes will, um, yeah, land on the 17th, and then every Friday after that, that's when new episodes will be dropping, all right? So, um, yeah, you know, thanks to DDA, I got to get a look at the series. So what we're going to do right now is just give you the view of the first two, right? And then I'll drop the next lot 
just before it finishes. You know what I mean? Obviously, no spoilers and all of that jazz, right? But, yeah, this is pretty fascinating. i got to tell you, people. I have got to tell you, right? So, this series was developed by Chris Black, okay? And uh, Matt Fraction. So, yeah, Black, I think Black had the initial idea, and then him and Fraction broke it all down, right? So, we have got... Um, yeah, I think um, the first episode is written by, oh man, where are we? There's so much floating around. It all gets a little bit confusing. So yeah, the first episode is written by Black and directed by Matt Shackman. Shackman also directs the second episode, and I think Fraction may have written episode two. It's just a little bit vague, you know? But yeah, so that's with that. We have got, well, I mean, we won't mess around with the other writers and directors until next time, because, you know, they didn't do this one. Right, but our producers on deck, we have Scott Schofield, uh, and then executive producers to Tory Tunnel, Matt Shackman, Hiro Matazuka, Judy Harold, Andy Goddard, Matt Fraction, Chris Black, Takamasi Arita. Andrew Colville, Brad Van Argen, Max Borstein, with uh, Zach Shields, consulting producer, and Jen Roskind, head of production. Music is handled by Leopold Ross. Cinematography, we have Daryl Hartwell, uh, who has help from Chris Seeger, Jean-Philippe Gazot, Jess Hall, and Sam McCurdy, Joe Talbot-Hall, Mark Hartzell, and Emily Streets edit the piece. Rona Cress is on casting duties. Production design, we have Caroline... Hanaria, a series art direction is Francis Lynn Lebar, Guy Rowland, Hitoshi Okamoto, Aaron Jordan, and James Stewart. A set decoration of Sandy Walker and Katrina Chong. Costume design, Christopher Hargagadon. And our cast. Well, uh, we have got, let's see. Oh, it all gets a little bit 
because we we are messing around in different uh time zones right we have bill randa played by john goodman right we have got um actually let me go here it's probably the easiest one okay yes uh we've got um the younger version of bill randa played by anders holm right uh we've got oh well they are randas aren't they yes kate randa played by anna sawai her brother kentaro is played by ren watabi right his former girlfriend may is played by kersey clemens oh kentaro's mother keiko is played by mari yamamoto um there's tim played by joe tippett and his colleague duval played by eliza lazawoski um lee shaw the younger version is played by wyatt russell and the older version played by kurt russell mm-hmm. yeah uh who else do we have floating around because i feel that's probably i mean they're our main group right that we see over the course of these first two episodes yes there's a you know there's a lot of background people and other people that kind of show up but they're our our main group um yeah yeah let's leave it at that right so the gist is this godzilla um wait following the thunderous battle between godzilla and the titans that leveled san francisco and the shocking revelation that monsters are real monarch legacy of monsters tracks two siblings following in their father's footsteps to uncover their family's connection to the secretive organization known as Monarch. Clues lead them into the world of monsters and ultimately down the rabbit hole to Army Officer Lee Shaw, taking place in the 1950s and half a century later, where Monarch is threatened by what Shaw knows. The dramatic saga spanning three generations reveals buried secrets and the way that epic earth-shattering events can reverberate through our lives. Yeah, right? I mean, it's like, woo, okay, okay. This is real interesting, man. It really is because, man, I watched the 2014 Godzilla, right, directed by Gareth Edwards, written by Max Bornstein, um, and uh, I didn't love it, right, we then had Skull Island in 2017, directed by Jordan Vaught Roberts, 
written by Max Bornstein, Derek Connolly, and Dan Gilroy. And that, I enjoyed Skull Island, man. Yeah, Skull Island was kind of crazy. I enjoyed it. You know, we then got Godzilla, King of the Monsters from Michael Doherty, right? And who co-wrote with Zach Shields. That, again, not a huge fan. I watched Godzilla v, Godzilla v. Kong that came out in 2021, directed by Adam Wingard and written by Eric Pearson and Max Bornstein. And, like, there was bits of it that I thought were okay and other bits that are just frustrating, right? But there is going to be a sequel to that, right? Godzilla v. Kong, The New Empire, which drops next year in April 2024. Well, supposedly. I guess it all depends on how much has been filmed, you know what I mean? With the strike and everything like that. So we've had those films, but we've also had, right, we've also had a Skull Island animated series on Netflix, had eight episodes. So all of those things have connective tissue and kind of tie into uh, Monarch. Whew. Yeah, they all kind of tie into that story. Now, right, I didn't finish Godzilla King of Monsters. And the thing that gets me with a lot of those series it's like Transformers. It's the kids, right? It's just having fucking kids running around and be like, oh, Con, he likes me. And just like, no, Con, don't. It's just like, yeah, shut up. It's frustrating. It's annoying. So there's things that I just didn't. But yeah, there was no kids in uh, Kong Island, right? Skull Island, even. Uh, and that's probably why I enjoyed it. Um, but this, right, it, no kids so far. No kids so far, which is, it's been great. But, you know, not necessarily loving all of the reference material. I was, you know, intrigued how this might play out, right? Could someone that likes some bits but not everything enjoy it? Now, one of the big pulls for me is Max Chapman and Matt Fraction, right? I mean, Fraction, I just loved his comic book work, you know, and um, Shackman, I'm interested to see what he does because he's doing Fantastic Four, right? I really enjoyed WandaVision, you know? So those were the pull factors for me. And I've got to say, people... I am really digging it so far. I'm really frigging digging it so far, man. It's been uh, it's been very intriguing, right? We are jumping around timelines, which they do make it very clear. They do make it very clear what is um, what's going on. So there's no real issue on that front. But you get to see, like, um, 
you know, event because we we take some events from Skull Island. So we see like John Goodman, some something that happens with him, right? We also then see like stuff that's happened um in in the first Godzilla film. Right. And and so we see all of the we see certain flashbacks, how they've influenced certain characters and just that kind of stuff. Right, which is interesting, and it helps tie it all together. Firstly, so that's very good. But also, how these ripples kind of play into and have this roll-on effect, which is intriguing. But although, like, all we know is that Monarch are very concerned about some stuff that has come to light, right? So it's there's a lot of that and a lot of, like, we see kind of how Monarch started, right? That's we're seeing some of the breadcrumbs to that in some of these flashback scenes, right? What happened to certain characters, why certain relationships are there. And so all of this kind of stuff is you know, being kind of drip-fed to us, but in a way that has you just like, okay, all right, where do we go from there? All right, oh, what's this bit? What are we doing? You know, so you're, I'm pretty hooked. I am pretty fucking hooked on this shit, man. I will tell you that, right? It is, and I'll I say, because as I said, look, some of the previous stuff, it, it frustrates me because stupid fucking kids, you know? And these monsters would just eat a kid. Because kids are fucking irritating. And we'd all eat kids if we could. Let's be honest. Come on now. Who's with? All right, maybe let's walk that one back. Okay? Maybe no eating. All right, but anyway. Anyway, people. It's, um, yeah, it, it, you know, certain, like, story points don't make sense, man. Because you're just like, who's just taking the word of a kid who's gonna do in this life or death situation what are we doing in this right we we are seeing certain events and things like that and you go okay yes i can understand why there would be animosity in this situation i understand right why they may do that Right, the reaction to this thing, why a character do is is doing that thing, like it's making sense so far. Now, maybe it goes off the rails in our next eight episodes, but so far, so far, people, it's uh, yeah, it's feeling good, right? I the pacing works, you know, the acting is very good. The acting is very good. I'm enjoying it. The effects. Yo. The effects are pretty cool, man. They really are. Like, yeah, I don't know what the budget was. But, you know, it's a TV show, man. And, man, it just goes. TV shows are looking so fire these days. It's, you know, it's so crazy when you think about the effects that you used to get, you know what I mean? Like, this is a far cry from those days. And 
yeah, it's really benefiting this storytelling. It really is. Really is. Now, we, um, the one thing that's really fun, because on the, you know, the, 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 the press platform, right, it's slightly different to how you will be watching it on Apple. And there are subtitles. There are subtitles. It's a bit, it's very difficult because um, they are tiny on this screening platform. They are so fucking small. So I, yeah, there's a load of that stuff that has kind of gone by. But I will say this, right? Even though I cannot see the subtitles, the story is still working, right? I don't feel, you know, adrift, right? It is still, yeah, it's still easy to follow, right? So, yeah, if I can follow it without subtitles, I mean, yo, you should be golden, man, you know? And also, if you're used to things like foundation, um, gosh, I think The Witcher, right? Those kind of shows where you get the these jumps in time, if you can follow those, you will be fine with this. And they do make it pretty clear, right? The, the thing comes up and it will say, you know, 1952, 19, you know what I mean? So we get all of that. So you'll be fine. You will be fine. The, the There are subtitles. It does seem that they... Um, get lots, you know, because it's white subtitles without a solid background, and uh, yes, I think there might be places where they get lost, but as I said, it's, it's slightly a different viewing experience, so on Apple proper, I'm, I feel it will probably be different, you know, because I know I've got my, you can, you know, set up how the subtitles appear, so I, uh, I've got my setup in a way, so I, I feel that that front should be fine, um, you know, when you're watching it on Apple TV, it's just a bit of a nightmare for, <laughs> for uh, yeah, the press screenings, but hey-ho, I got to see it early and talk about it, so, you know, yeah, there's some some things you just gotta take on the chin. But yeah, with all of that, this is very fucking enjoyable. It it really is, and uh, I am very, very intrigued to see where this goes, right? And to see um what else they weave into it all, right? Like. What, um, yeah, what other things are Monarch hiding, right? What's happened to certain people? Why certain things are going down? I mean, I'm looking forward to finding out how all of this plays, people. And, uh, yeah, it's been, man, it's been good. It's been good. So I feel you will enjoy it. Uh, I think that, what, so, I think the first two episodes are about, four, between 45 and 47 minutes, you know, 
I think they're they're roughly um no episode no episode one's fifty minutes right so that's what you're playing with they're both you know they're under an hour you know so uh, yeah it's they're not crazy in length but you you don't they don't it, it feels like it's flying by I mean the story feels like it's flying by so I think. If you enjoyed all the films so far, Godzilla, Kong, Skull Island, Godzilla, King of Monsters, Godzilla v. Kong, if you've enjoyed all of those, Netflix, Skull Island, you will for sure enjoy Monarch. You will for sure. You know what I mean? Because I think it's avoiding a lot of the irritation the irritating things from some of the previous stuff, right? So yes, if you've enjoyed that, you'll you'll dig this, right? If you love that, oh, you are in heaven right now. So yes, mark the date, the seventeenth of November, Apple TV, Monarch, Legacies of Monsters drops the first two episodes so yeah go get you some monster fun people okay so now people we will look at the um new series that just finished on um prime internationally peacock in the states it's the continental from the world of john wick right it's three episodes it's an event series right fleshing out supposedly the history of the continental so this is my take on those three episodes and how how it fits into john wick right my feelings people hope you're ready for this shit sit down motherfuckers let's go okay so john wick right john friggin wick man i've um boy i feel uh, yeah we covered most of the films on the podcast at least the last two at least the last two right so when you know word came that there was going to be a tv series called the continental right oh my gosh i was amped for that shit because yo this hotel right that's a safe haven for motherfucking assassins Right, you can get guns there and tailoring and all of that jazz. And there's versions of the, you know, subsidiaries of the hotel in other major cities around the world. Ooh, right? How intriguing is that? But you're like, how how did this happen? Right? How does something like this happen? Because 
law enforcement has to know. There's no way you can keep this shit undercover, right? That's the big thing, baby. So, yeah, it was like, yo, what, what's the deal, man? How, how do we, you know what I mean? What's going on with this shit? So, yeah, that was the thing. That was the big thing. It was just like, oh, okay. So um, we're getting this show, right? So then it dropped. The Continental from the World of John Wick, a free episode event series. Free episode event series. You know what I mean? It was devised by Greg Coolidge, Kirk Wald, and Sean Simmons. Yeah. Um, Coldridge and uh, Wald were the showrunners, and they wrote the series along with, um, well, Sean Simmons wrote the series along with Ken Christiansen, right? Episode one and three are directed by the great Albert Hughes. And episode two is directed by Charlotte Brandstrom, um, who I'm not sure if I've come across her stuff. I'm not quite sure. Okay, so our uh, our producers on DCHAM are Mark Taylor, Ian Smith, um, do, 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 yeah. Uh, executive produced by Basil Irank, um, got Greg Coldidge, Albert Hughes, Derek Kolstad, uh, Erica Lee, David Leitch, Marshall Presinger, Reet Reese, Sean Simmons, Chad Shalesky, Paul Wernick. Uh, Kurt Wald and Chris Collins. Rafferty handled the music, and the music was, I did dig the sound, the soundtrack was great. I love the soundtrack, man. Um, we had Pal Ulvik Rockseff and Peter Deming, who uh, took care of cinematography. Ron Rosen. Armin Gasparian and Stephen Lang were on editing duties. Chelsea Ellis Blush, Sophie Holland, and um, Marisol Roncalli uh, were on casting duties. Production design was Drew Bolton. Art direction, we had Zazuska. Kismati Lechner, Christoph Paterushk, Janos Sazomayas, Zoltan Sadi, Ollie Williams, and Sandor Chani. Set decoration is Akos Tanzazi, Daniel Vizinch, Benchhorn, and Pani Luta. Costume design is Sarah Arthur. Costumes were great. Yeah, costumes were great, right? And our cast, our cast. So 
Winston Scott is played by Colin Woodell. Um, a young Winston is played by Flynn Edwards. Right, we've got... Um, dum, 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 dum. Hmm. Well, that's very weird. Uh, oh dear, oh dear. These listings are never. I don't know why it's always made so difficult. It's uh, a little ridiculous. His brother Frankie is played by Ben Robson. A younger version of Frankie is played by Ben Robinson. Then there's Cormac uh, O'Connor, played by Mel Gibson. Uh, KD is played by Michelle Prada. Miles is played by Herbert Pont de Jour. Right? Lou, his sister, is played by Jessica Alain. We have Yen, played by Nahong Kate. Uh, Sharon. Right, it's played by Ayomadi Ajenogon. Mayhew is played by Jeremy Bob. Lemmy, played by Adam Shapiro. The Adjunctor is played by Katie McGrath. Gretel is played by Marina Mazeppa. Hansel, played by Mark Mashashi. Uh, Orphan Master is played by Dan Lee. Ronnie, played by Chris Ryman. Waiko, played by Roy Hu. Edwin, the elevator operator, played by Philip Philomar. Jenkins, played by Ray McKinnon. Mazzy, played by Zanab Jar. Right, so, um, yeah, Mazzy is the, she takes over the Bowery, right? Um, do, 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 do. Peter Green is Uncle Charlie. Uh, who else do we have? Yeah, okay. I think that's all the main characters. Then there is um, the henchman played by Kurt Ward. Um, Ray McKinnon plays Gene Jenkins. Uh, yeah, that's probably it. Right, so the gist of the story is the Continental explores the origin behind the iconic Hotel for Assassins centerpiece of the John Wick universe. Through the eyes and actions of a young Winston Scott, and he's dragged into the hellscape of 1970s New York City to face a past he thought he'd left behind. Winston charts a deadly course through the hotel's mysterious underworld in a harrowing attempt to seize the hotel where he will eventually take his throne. No. No. 
that's not what we see, right? That's what you thought this was, but it's not, right? That's the problem I had with this series. I thought it was going to be the origins of the hotel, right? We'd find out what the coins were, you know, get some insight into the high table, just all of these different things, right? How you can operate without the uh, the feds turning up, right? How people then trusted it. You know, I, I thought all of this stuff would come to light. It doesn't. It doesn't. And I think that's the big issue here. Right, because we, we start off with Frankie, right? Winston's brother. And obviously they're estranged. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think we've ever heard reference to Frankie in the films. I might be wrong, but I can't remember, you know? But he does this heist, which goes wrong. Obviously it goes wrong, right? Just a shambles, which... As the film, as the series goes on, you're just like, yeah, why the fuck was it such a shambles? If these people are meant to be the professionals and all of this, it is it, kind of baffling that it goes the way it goes, right? But yeah, all goes shambles. And so then Winston gets dragged into it, right? Because, you know, everyone's after Frankie, they can't get him, so they grab Winston. And he has to try and find him and all of this jazz. So that's just the beginning. It spins off from there. So that's not any spoilers. Don't worry, people. Don't worry. But yeah, so the hotel has been running. We don't know how long for, but it seems like a while, right? It doesn't seem like it's a new gig here. So there's no insight into the hotel. And that's what I really wanted. You know, the young, like you you figured Winston would play into the story, right? And we get the kind of, oh, how he's been able to keep that throne for so long. And you know what I mean? Like just all of those relationships. But this doesn't even give us that. Doesn't give us that, right? So it's just... You know, he's not even involved with the hotel at this point, right? Sharon works for um, Cormac. So it's just looking at, oh, how does that whole thing change, right? What, what's happening with all of that? And you have, um, yeah, you have a lot of these subplots, right? There's, I mean, there's all of those going on, right? So you've got, um, oh, God, what was, was the uh, frigging characters' names? Um, Burton's, right? You've got the Burton's, their dad's died, and they've got, they're looking after the dojo, right? Lou, you know, she's, she's really looking after the, the dojo. And so she's got this whole thing that she doesn't use weapons because her dad didn't use weapons. Right. But the brother, Miles, he's just like, you know what? I'm going to run guns. Right. Because he's a Viet, a Vietnam vet. So you've got that storyline. 
um and then you've got like the uh the, the yen scott right Tr no not yen scott you have um oh god kd i think it is maybe but the, the, the chinese trying to take over and everything so you just got all of these different things happening which are fine but it three episodes even though they're 90 minutes feels too short to really get a lot of the minutiae there you know there's a there's all of these things going down no kate yes kd is the police officer she's a police officer right and here's the thing with this she's great like everyone is really good right stylistically this looks great right the direction is good you know the tone right the feel it feels like it's from that time you know so all of that works really well as i said the soundtrack is great but you have these things happening which don't necessarily make any sense like kd well, the, the the one thing with Kate, right, she's trying to, there's something that happened to her and her family, and she's trying to solve this issue. So she's, you know, got a, a, a you know, I don't know what it would call uh, for a woman. I was going to say she's got a boner for the Continental, but doesn't really work for a woman, does it? You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, she she's, she's, you know, I mean, focusing on that, right? And it's like, you, just with all of these assassins, just all of these things, you're just like, it doesn't, there's no way that could happen the way it's happening. She'd have been taken out, right? There's another big thing as well. Now, we see a lot of violence in here. Well, you know, like John Wick. So it's not, it's fun, right? It's nothing too gratuitous or anything like that. But I feel this, I feel there was only this. There's a bit when KD is sleeping with someone and we see a tit, right? And don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm adverse to that, right? It's not like I'm like, be gone. Ah, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I didn't really understand why. Like it's, you know what I mean? Because that's, I feel that was the only nudity in this. So it was just, it felt very odd. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. So why? Why do it? She could have been wearing a top. You know what I mean? Or him on top of her. So we see he's back. But you know what I mean? Like, it just felt like, why are we showing this? Like, what's, what's the need? And there's a few things going down that you're just like, yo, why? Like some of the fights now, here's the thing the fights in John Wick are crazy, right? And sometimes you're just like, I mean, what, how, like, huh? Because in number four, when he falls down all of those stairs in the fight, I've, I've gone downstairs. You're, you're not just getting up and walking up those stairs, and especially if you go down twice, nah, that shit hurt so much 
oh my god it hurts so much <laughs> you know what i mean so there's things that happen in the fights and you're just like come on now but i feel even though the fights weren't bad in this right the choreography was good don't get me wrong the choreography was good but there was just some shit that you're just like Argh. you know a lot of it is like when a guy's fighting a woman and she's smashed directly in the face and you're just like okay yeah that, 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 she ain't fighting after that you know what i mean like getting punched in the face ain't fun and it can daze you. And that's if you're fighting another dude. If a dude's fighting a woman, yeah, that's fucking crazy. You know what I mean? So some of that didn't make any sense. Then there's just certain things in the plot. There's, I have to say, I don't think it makes sense how the Winston Sharon relationship starts doesn't make any sense why that's a good relationship it just it for me it doesn't just does not right so it's just stuff like that which i'm just like ah what what's happening here you know so like yeah it's an odd one this series there's like as i said it looks great music's great the acting was good a, there's a lot in the script that is a bit all over the place you know especially what actually what happens with frankie there's it's just one of those ones like you have it in movies when that shit happens and it's just like no one is just giving themselves like that there's a, people are people do not do that on the reg right and you just thought there was no need for what happened, you know? So there's these things that go down in the script, which I don't think was as good as the stories in the John Wick films. Now, I did hear that Chad and, um, ugh, what's the um, other homie's name? Um, Derek. Yes, I hear they didn't actually work closely on this, right? They're executive producers, but they didn't, they weren't hands-on. And I do think it feels that way, you know? It, it doesn't feel like it's got that real close connective tissue to the films, right? You've got characters from the films, there's John Wick in the title, The Continental, but thermically, right, it, it just feels very separate from the films, you know, which is a, such a shame, such a shame. You know, I think also if this was, because this was sold as the, the story behind the birth of The Continental, right? If it wasn't, if you just said this is, a story of the early days of Winston Scott, I think you look at the series a lot differently because you're coming in with different as you're coming in with different expectations. Hey, boy, 
What's going on, right? You're coming in with different expectations. There you go, right? I think that's the big thing. Now, I did hear, I did hear that there is actually a new TV series coming that will be looking at the high table. Now that, take my money, motherfuckers, that I'm all on. And this time, Chad and Derek are going to be hands-on. So I feel that, that's going to scratch the itch that this didn't, right? So I think that's what, that's what heads are going to wait for, right? That, and there's going to be an anime. I don't know, I wasn't very clear if the anime is a series or a film. But we're going to get stuff that kind of delves into stuff a bit more. But one thing he did say about the High Table series, we won't see all of the High Table, which I feel is good, right? Because it's like, crack the door, let me have a little glimpse, but I don't need everything, right? But just a little glimpse, yo. Give me a little glimpse. You know what I mean? Give me a taste. Just a taste. You feel me? But yeah, the Continental is now all streaming on Prime internationally and Peacock in the US. Yo, so that's it. We are done for another episode, right? Crazy news, you know what I mean? Crazy fucking news, right? Like, for you, what was the most insane thing? Because, boy, (laughs) I mean, if... I mean, the Red Arrow shit was just scandalous, right? That's just scandalous. You've got friggin' Extinction Rebellion, Rebellion, old Gail Bradbrook, who's just a moron. And then you've got this whole Christmas fucking ad bullshit. Crazy, right? Just crazy. But, yeah. So far, people, I will tell you, the first two episodes of Monarch were great and definitely had me watching the rest. But I'm not dropping that for a little while, right? You'll you'll get that close to the end. But yeah, definitely, I enjoyed those first two episodes. The Continental, hey, I don't know. I mean... Did you feel the same way as me with that shit? Because it wasn't really the history of the Continental, was it? Right? It wasn't really the history, the, the, the origins of anything. It was just, I don't know. It was weird. Maybe you enjoyed it, though. Let me know your thoughts, people. But until next time, oh, next week, I can tell you, we will be looking at season three of Apple's Slow Horses. So that's to come, you know what I mean? And we're going to give an overview on the previous two seasons because I hadn't got around to watching those until recently. So yeah, definitely worth tuning in next week, right? There's a new Echo Chamber out. Was two ep- two whew, two episodes? Yeah, it was a two-parter. Five films in part one. In part two, we look at Tish and Paul. Speak to director Paul Sung right, which was great, now, next week, we're getting a double episode, we may get 
a special episode at the beginning of the week as well. I'm, I'm working all of that shit out. But anyway, go check out Echo Chamber. Share with your peoples. Share echoes from the void as well. And let me know your thoughts, people. Until next time. Enjoy your watching. And uh, peace. Thank you.